the blast from our past network. I'm James Etock and you're listening to Podcasting After Dark with Zach and Corey. Podcasting After Dark presents TV Obscura, a deep dive into underrated and unknown television shows from our youth. Cartoons, sitcoms, cop shows, and much more. Sit back and enjoy some nostalgic fun with TV Obscura. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another animated episode of Podcasting After Dark Presents TV Obscura. This week, we are going back to the 80s, the mid-80s, and we're going to be talking about three different cartoons from them. From then! (laughs) (laughs) Joined with me, as always, are my two amazing co-hosts, Diallo and Zach. What's up, guys? Diallo, how's it going, buddy? It's going really good. How are you doing? I am doing A-OK. We are recording in the morning, so I have a bit of a morning voice going, but it's perfect for cartoons. Uh, Zach, you are a professional voice actor. How do I overcome morning voice, or do I just lean into the sexiness of it? Ooh, <laughs> lean into it. Lean into oh, it. Oh, lean into say, Go down that one, one-way street, going in the right direction. Well, I'm glad you're singing, buddy, because there is a lot of music to kind of discuss in these three cartoons here, and uh, I will rattle them off in in order that that we're going to be talking about them and who is going to be bringing them to the table. So first up will be Kid Video, and that came out in 1984. Zach is going to be discussing that one. Uh, next will be Pole Position, that also came out in 90, 1984. Diallo will be taking us to the fast track on that one, and I will be taking us out of Earth into space with Galaxy High School, which came out in 1986. So, guys, and gals like we said it's it's we're recording early morning this uh actually the day before you guys are listening to this episode we are all up really really early some of us more so than others maybe with tum-tum problems but uh (laughs) we're all here ready to have a good time (laughs) tum-tum problems speaking my language Zacky my man, Zacky Poo, a.k.a. Zach the Snack. Why don't you get us started with a cartoon that I loved as well as a kid, Kid Video. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just had to do that. (laughs) Yeah, uh, one of my beloved shows. There's lots to talk about on this one. Kid Video ran from 84 to 85, like a season and a half, basically. Uh, on NBC Saturday morning cartoons. It was a part of those famed blocks. Uh, thank the gods, whoever on YouTube has clips of, uh, uh, you, has episodes of Kid Video posted. They have the commercials intact in yeah. some of these uh, episodes. So you get to see what life was like in 84, how we marketed to little kids, boys and girls. And um, it went, when it was like, oh, this is a girl toy. Oh, this is a boy toy. Not not anything in the middle. But that um, yeah, kid video is one of my all-time favorite cartoon shows back in the day, Saturday morning specific. Uh, it's pretty much straightforward. It's a, a teen... The, the premise of the show is revealed in the opening. <laughs> yeah. It's a live-action band. 
who gets transported into a cartoon world, a kid band, um, around the time of, you know, Kids Incorporated and uh, Mickey Mouse Club and stuff like that. So it has that kind of element to it. Definitely a Kids Incorporated feel uh, with live, uh, not live music, but, but you know, original cover original covers does that make sense yeah uh, covers by an, uh, a real band kid band uh the band played by brian scott who plays kid video gabriel gabriella nelson who plays carla on drums brian scott's on uh, lead guitar and vocals i guess <laughs> and steve alterman plays ash the guitar and uh, the keyboard so for all you young fans out there young listeners uh, the guitar is definitely a staple of the 80s with its uh, it's basically a guitar with keyboards. <laughs> it's amazing. But I'm leaving out one specific cast member and I'm saving him for last because he's the only one on IMDb that has a headshot still. Uh, probably the only one on IMDb that's still working. Uh, and he's probably the only one on IMDb who has been in everything since he was like wee little and we'll talk about this because i know diallo is like i'm chomping at the bit with this guy. Oh, hurry you gotta up. let me <laughs> reveal who this is um robbie wrist plays Wiz, who is um uh, on bass <laughs> oh sad bass player no one ever bass players never get the love right um and and i'll talk about specifically why i say that in a moment but robbie wrist is our most well-known and infamous character actor on the show um he's been in a lot of things he played michelangelo in the teenage mutant ninja turtle movies specifically ton ton of voiceover but way 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 before that he was in Damn, the you, Iron you made Eagle me, movie. Made me feel old. Well, so many ways. I guess so many for, ways. For, for, <laughs> well, I didn't realize it had come out actually so long ago. But uh, he was in the Iron Eagle movies, played one of the one of uh, one of the crew, the Iron Eagle kids, and which is what I love him the most from. But Diallo, where is Robbie Wrist originally from? Who did he play in the pantheon of television? Well, once upon a time, there was a story of a lovely lady who was raising three very lovely girls. And <laughs> there was also a dad, and he had three boys. And um, But then they got older, and they were less cute, so they brought in um, a cousin, and his name was Oliver. <laughs> And or a show killer, if you will. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, uh, the original, uh, what's his name that played Jefferson Darcy on a uh, played Ace, yeah. Ace on the Love Boat? What is that? What's that? Yeah, yeah totally. Um, he used to be the show killer, but yeah, he played uh, Cousin Oliver on Brady Bunch. Wow, the yeah. infamous Cousin Oliver. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah, way and, before all of this stuff. And as you're talking, dude, like I'm like going through his IMDb, and as I'm scrolling infinitely, because he has so many credits, my jaw just keeps getting like more and more slack-jawed, because I'm like, holy crap, <laughs> this guy's been around forever. And he, and he ranges, like he's still working in like newer projects. And it's not just voice acting. He's also in front of the camera, behind it. I mean, wow, what a... What a versatile actor! Yeah, I don't know the whole story about um, about the the actors in Kid Video of like why they didn't go on to certain things because uh, Gabriella Nelson, beautiful uh, actor, she played and plays the drums, and um, she she didn't really go on to anything else, which is kind of a shock because I'm like, man, she's 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 got a great facha for film, you know, uh, and 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 a good actor too. Like all of these actors 
are playing voice actors. They're doing voice acting through the whole thing, and they're great. Um, so wait, so that was the same people uh, at the beginning that are actually also doing the voices? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Same actors voicing their characters, which is great. And so th- this show is really interesting. Um, it's it's like a it's like MTV for little kids. It's in a way Beavis and Butthead for little kids because <laughs> what they they incorporate uh, real music videos from the time, like top forty music videos. They incorporate uh, top forty songs throughout the episode, and then the band Kid Video themselves perform songs that, like, they do a myriad of songs, but uh, a lot of like Motown hits from the fifties and sixties, and kind of classic tunes, but they do like a modern eighties twist to them. So yeah, the premise is they get sucked into this uh, this cartoon world by Master Blaster, who very much to me, and I know Diallo will agree once I point this out. He looks like uh, Eddie Arcadian from The Last Dragon. Dragon, um, <laughs> villain, right? The, the, the again, like yeah. the the music mogul guy, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Master Blaster is like this, you know, this villainous um, music promoter who wants Kid Video for himself and he wants to trap them in the the up the flip side, the as flip they call side. it. And that's that's where I got. We'll catch you in the flip side ah, all the time, which okay. I love to say. And, and real um, quick, does Master Blaster also run Bartertown? <laughs> <laughs> no connection there, but you know, sure. Sure, why not? Um, they are uh, Kid Video's band is aided and abetted by Glitter, who's like a little fairy who looks like a cross between um, Sheena Easton, Pat Benatar, and uh, Olivia Newton-John from the Let's Get Physical video with wings. <laughs> and she sneezes, and that's what kind of gives off her power. Um, they, you know, the the show never ran its course, much like Dungeons and Dragons of its time, to find out if they ever make it back home safely. But the whole point of the show is they're trying to get back home safely. They they have another, they have a little robot friend named Toolbot that aids and abets them, like helps make them uh, make things. Uh, one episode in particular that I watched, uh, called the Star Maker, Wiz, our our boy Robbie. Uh, is is jealous of the rest of the band that they're getting more cheers when they because because kid video performs throughout uh, every episode to to the flip side right and while they're running away from Master Blaster this shows all over the place <laughs> much <laughs> like my description right now uh, but it is it's very much all over the place because suddenly they'll be like in Master Blaster's lair oh what are you doing in here and you're like wait but isn't that the whole point didn't you want to catch them but then he's trying to kill them. The whole point of the show was he wanted to catch them to use, like, their music or whatever. Anyways, that's moot. Um, that's my first moot reference of the morning. This is awesome. <laughs> and so, yeah, so Star Maker, the one specifically I watched, uh, Wiz is jealous. He wants fans to adore him, too. So he has Toolbox create a, a uh, device that basically brings all the inanimate objects in the land to life and um, give him cheers, praise him, become his fan boys and girls. And they become, like, it becomes too much. And at the same time, Master Blaster dispatches his cool cats, which are his minions, basically, to capture Kid Video and his band. Uh, But they end up getting the, the device instead, and it creates more chaos and havoc. And they kidnap Toolbot, too, and... 
uh, kid video and Gab, uh, not, not Gabriella, that's, that's the actor, but uh, kid video and Carla have to go to the rescue to get them. Meanwhile, uh, Wiz and Ash have to continue to play for the fans because that's the only thing that's going to get them to settle down. And uh, interspersed in that is uh, Tears for Fears, Everybody Wants to Rule the World, which is my favorite all-time 80s song, fun fact. Um, and then there's a Janet Jackson video, music video, When I Think of You, uh, mixed in there too, which is really cool because you're like, oh, this is a really cool music video with like great dance sequences. And you forget how awesome these videos are. Um, but, but I don't because the... I watch them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, as you should, as you should, but for people who haven't get on that shit because it's really good. It's real. these videos, like they were really artistic back in the day. Um, but I was going to say specifically that the, the fact that these episodes still exist on YouTube, at least because right now that's the only place you can really find them on, or you can find a bootleg copy on eBay, but the quality is not that great. Uh, they have the original commercials in some of them, yeah. the bumpers too, with Casey Kasem saying, "Well, kid video will be right back." You know, yeah. it's really cool. Yeah. And then it'll cut into. I was watching this ep- this specific episode with Bodie the other day, and they showed uh, the Nintendo Master System, oh. the original, with oh, the gun wow. and the robot. With yeah. the robot, yeah. you guys remember yeah. the robot? Yeah. Oh yeah, it was yeah. so cool. And yeah. Bodie's like, "Wait, what's that?" And I go, "Yeah, <laughs> Nintendo used to come with a robot. It was a game, right? You had to move the gears." Uh-huh. And yeah, yeah. And he's like. Oh, and then he sees the gun for Duck Hunt, and he's like, "Wait, what?" And I go, <laughs> "He goes, I thought that was only in Captain N, the Game Master." I'm like, "No, that was a real thing, and it was really awesome." He's like, "Oh, I want that." <laughs> so um, yeah, shit like that. That the, the fact that you can find these on YouTube and they kept the commercials in, and the quality's really good. Uh, yeah. I have to say, overall, and um, you know, I would love to see a DVD box set of these because. Who cares about Blu-ray at this point? It's like the quality is going to be the same, right? Yeah, it doesn't um, matter. Yeah. And, and Kid Video was fun. It ran for, you know, like I said, 26 episodes, which is a pretty good run for a cartoon that was really all over the place. The animation is silly. Um, it, it's, you know, it's it's kind of, it's, it's not that great. But uh, Saturday mornings on NBC was like the place to be, right? It ended up getting picked up by CBS later on uh, and then WGN. Remember when WGM yeah. was just WGM? Yeah. Like when TBS was just an Atlanta station to, yeah. to get it in. Uh, and Bozo the Clown was on WGN uh, with his Amway cookies or whatever they were called. <laughs> and uh, oh, they would always, that was like the consolation prize for the kids. For those of you that don't know, Bozo the Clown was like the price is right for little kids with a, with a creepy clown being the the he wasn't creepy at the time he was cool right yeah he, he, yeah, he wasn't shit. creepy yeah he was awesome yeah. uh anyways yeah no kid video um got picked up by wgn but then they didn't have the rights to the music so they would cut the music and the music video out so there would be like blocks where the, it would just be flat <laughs> and like you're like what this five minutes of the episode got cut you know wow um i love the show there, there's a great website called i'm just gonna give it a quick plug because i did a lot of work for this cartoon it's called kvflipside.org um it's a it's a devoted website to kid video and has lots of trivia and music and all sorts of stuff um fun facts so check them out yeah and that's kid video Uh, i i i'm really curious to get your guys thoughts on it 
Yeah, I like I said, I this was one that I watched as a kid. Um, honestly, I would have brought it to TV Obscura at some point as well uh, if you didn't. So this was this is fun. I'm glad we're actually talking about it now. Um, I loved it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, even now, watching it now, I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, the animation, like you said, it's not as strong as the other two, Pole Position and, and Galaxy High School. I think their animation is a bit stronger than this one, but I like the whimsicalness of of kid video i i like their their ship their car the kid car whatever that that train is or whatever well yeah not 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 uh to cut you off really quick mm. so in the in the opening they have like a toyota truck and it's somewhere in the valley oh, you can tell yeah. that they shot this in like a, on, a, on a film set for a western or something my and, note was i thought they shot it in australia i was like is too. this an australian production I thought so too. I, I literally thought that too, and then I'm like, no, no, no. They probably shot this in the valley, um, but because it looks like a, a an Australian like Toyota truck. Right? I, I know because <laughs> it looks like something out of Mad Max. It looks yeah. like one of the the inter- not the black interceptor that he gets, but one of like the pursuit ones at the beginning. It yeah. like weirdly looks like one of those. So I was like, oh, this thing must be Australian. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm, it probably was the valley, and they just yeah, exactly. It, yeah, it gets turned in uh, the kid car. Gets yeah, turned into a spaceship. Um, you know, again, I think they dropped the ball as far as marketing this thing. They should have had like a line of action figures, and they and they could have been like Bill and Ted released uh, their cartoon, which I still have the figures that you could plug into a Walkman, mm. and they they would sound like they're playing the music to the the show or whatever. They could have totally done that with this. They didn't. You would have thought they would have after 26 episodes. But yeah, anyways, and, continue. And, and, and I watched episode, uh, I think it was episode three, Woofers and uh, Tweeters, um, which was really freaking weird. But it was. Which it has was, a whole new meaning nowadays. <laughs> seriously, seriously. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay. But one thing that I'll say on, on this viewing I I really understood what they were trying to do. Like the Master Blaster guy is clearly the the record label mogul guy who yeah. has no talent. He just wants to like consume all media and then make money off of it. And then the cats, I heard them referred to as cool cats and copycats, I think, both like yes. separately. And I'm guessing so like they are kind of like you know the the band that can kind of like I get the sellout band, right? They're they're yeah. the sellout band, and then Kid Video are, are, are is supposed to be re, I guess maintaining their individuality while while the record labels are going after them. And I was like, wow, this is a whole layer that I completely missed. Like as a kid, as a kid, totally. I just thought they were just running from the bad guys and and whatever. Um, but you know, in, in the episode that I saw uh, had Footloose uh, playing in it, nice. and I was like, okay, awesome. so that's why this this. Show will never be on uh dvd or blu-ray <laughs> i know right <laughs> but uh and then it had like this this uh, all right the song and everything at the end like like the they they had made a live action uh, uh <laughs> video at the end which i think yeah. they do every episode almost the, every episode they do there was a couple that they don't but yes m- most of the time it's a live action like cover of one of the songs they did earlier in the episode okay this one i didn't recognize the song and it was cheesy as hell the (laughs) acting was she everything was horrible about it except i loved it for some reason you know (laughs) yeah that back then back then it was cheesy as hell now it's nostalgic and we love it exactly It, it, it literally looks like uh, the thing in the mall where you could like record yourself in a music video. That's exactly what it looks like with this, <laughs> these four. And because they're really not playing the instruments, at least it, it, it looks pretty obvious that they're not. And it's really silly. I think back in the day, that's the reason I didn't watch it as much as I did. 
uh, incessantly because I was like, oh, this is kind of cheesy, right? Well, especially if they were gutting the the songs out of it too, it would yeah. uh, you would lose the appeal because. I kind of don't really remember it having like like known songs, you know, in the show. I remember the show. I remember the premise. And all the by the way, Jesus, like what a ripoff of Dungeons and Dragons. Or oh, was wait, well, did Dungeons and Dragons come out after? Is that a ripoff? I of think this? they came out the Dungeons same and, year, actually. Dungeons and Dragons, I think, was a couple years before. It was like eighty three, I think, eighty two. Okay, oh, okay, yeah. okay. So then, Kid Video ripped off that one. Um, yeah, I, but. You know, yeah, my, my thoughts are I, I really enjoyed the episode. Um, I think it's a it's a fun little show. Definitely definitely more of like on the yellow submarine factor, meaning like you could totally. probably get in hella baked and watch this one and, and really <laughs> oh, have a yeah. good time with it. Yeah. Well, what, one thing I want to point out about Star Maker that's really funny is um, these random – you know how um, a tree sometimes will shed its like little puff balls, like these white puff balls that – the, like with pollen and yeah, stuff it yeah. will shed that in the, in the fall right so these have like little puppy dog faces on them which are really weird <laughs> but when they hit the show but they hit the ship they go and they're white and it's like creamy it's really phallic looking and really odd <laughs> wow uh, yeah I, your mind drifts in this because everything's oversized too that's the other part of this too is like they're like miniature i guess compared to certain things yeah, this is a, uh, a, 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 a pot smoker's dream. Yeah, uh, yeah. This one, this one of all three of them, this is the perfect one to just <laughs> pop on all of them and just get crazy baked and have a great time with it. And uh, so you're welcome. <laughs> exactly. Or 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 watch it with your kid because either way you're gonna have a good time. You know. I will say Bodie loved this show. I can he, see he that. Yeah. Thought it was really cool at the end, and he actually liked the music video because he likes music and he, well, yeah. I mean, you know, he's always around it with me and. Um, uh, loves to perform, so uh, he was watching. And Kid Video, it, it, the opening when Kid Video looks himself in the mirror and goes, "Yay!" yay. <laughs> it's so it's so cheesy, but for a little kid who does that himself, myself, I did that all the time. I was like, "Yeah, is that what I look like?" Oh. <laughs> Anyways, that's how I felt about that show. I'm glad. I, I thank you for your two cents. I I, I totally it, Yellow Submarine is a perfect. Uh, connection for sure um, yeah it's it's definitely it was fun it was fun and it was a show that i liked and so i'm glad to see that i still like it uh diallo what were your thoughts on it buddy yeah i mean i watched it when it was uh when it first aired and i you know i loved it it was uh it, it, it's funny because like i don't really think i've seen it since it was on so when i was i watched the pilot episode and i'd uh I like you, Corey. I actually didn't realize that they actually had li like actual music in the show, it, which it was. So I was watching it, and it, it just it completely took me by surprise because it was like it was a concept that I thought I knew pretty well, but then all of a sudden Lionel Richie is singing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah all, which song all was night, it? Do you remember which song? All, all night, night long. All night long. <laughs> and the, 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 the whole episode and a couple other dancing on the ceiling. I think came on. And uh, there was another song a little bit later in the episode by somebody else. And I just I was like, whoa, this is crazy. I didn't really realize that. And then but again, like it, this keeps coming up with other shows. I realized why it's not on video anywhere, because yeah. like and because these were like A-list singers. You brought up Janet Jackson. Um, so it's like to get the Kenny rights. Loggins. Yeah. Kenny, so it's like to get the rights to this stuff, you know. 
that's probably why it's not uh, available on video anywhere yeah. easily today. But um, yeah, well, I'm wondering too. What, what, what's the what's the uh... I wonder what the like to not statute of limitations, but when the licensing licensing runs out on certain songs, I think like doo wop songs from the fifties and sixties are basically accessible for everybody now. I think, and uh, I don't know, I don't know if, if it's if it has anything to do like with the same with copyright law, like like that stuff basically is like out of bounds for like a hundred years, basically, yeah, to keep. Disney, Palmer. so Disney can keep making money, basically. Yeah, <laughs> they keep right. And I think right. if you like, and I think if you like, release like re-release something, it it tacks on, like it starts the the copyright like yeah. timetable over again. So that's oh, why you kind of okay. see like re-releases happen. Yeah, it's all just to kind of keep the copyright uh, going. But right, yeah. and and like, and unfortunately, this is the the probably the uh, the sad theme to TV Obscura is uh, yeah, a lot of these shows will never see because of the the soundtrack tracks that they have i i will say really quick that on and i own it i own it on ebay you can get a uh, box set of uh of kid video it, nice it, it, and it actually comes in a case versus a lot of these sometimes they'll just send you uh the the blank discs with sleeves mm-hmm. this one actually put a menu on mm, there and nice. uh, it's pretty it's pretty decent it doesn't have the commercials like the the, the youtube channel uh that this guy put out or gal or whatever um Anyways, the the one of the comments they they said on the on the flipside dot org, um, one of the artists for the show claims they were all on drugs. Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like it. <laughs> um, Zach, you you so I and I I could be misremembering this, but you like what was that first one of the first episodes we did? You did a show. It was like is a space Spartacus? show. Yeah, Spartacus. Weren't there like. Were they cat people or were they dwarfs or something? I could... Well, they had these weird, like, it, it's funny you bring that up because the animation in some ways reminded me of that. Like yeah. Like weird, trippy, uh, elongated bodies and, you know, odd-shaped. Obviously, they, they weren't animals, but they, they had just weird looks to them okay. overall. Because, yeah, when I was the watching pirates. the cats on this, the in the band, the cool cats or whatever, on this show, yeah, copycats, for cool some of my, my brain went right back to that show. And there, there was like this connection that was Me being too. made, but I couldn't really remember uh, the details of that show. So I didn't know if yeah. I was like. No, I had the same feeling. It's so funny you say that because I was, I'm was i watching it and going, Spartacus. Um, why am I thinking about Spartacus right now? I want to yeah. watch Spartacus. Oh. <laughs> but the music, the music's better in this. They have Menudo. This had everything else. <laughs> well, it was an NBC show, right? So they, man, NBC, think about that. NBC, when they, so many of their shows incorporated like top 40 music throughout, mm-hmm. like Miami Vice. Think about Miami Vice. Every episode had one or two amazing songs. Because on NBC is universal, right? Owns yeah. Them. So, so they, they have, they have that full, the full catalog of, of the music and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Which, so, yeah. So, if, so why doesn't that translate with the rights you know what i mean and this may be boring conversation like legalities <laughs> but like if universal owns all the rights to every song there then couldn't they i know i know artists still need to be paid we get we get it we do get it and, and and things are better now but this it just sucks that we have so many so many shows that we can never get again on physical medium because of these of these rights issues I don't even know that it was always just like songs from their catalogs, though. Like, so um, outside of their catalog, too. Yeah, I mean, because like when you think back then, it just wasn't as it just wasn't as like 
stringent about um they were just they just weren't aware of like the the level of like litigiousness <laughs> that i think we go through today um and yeah I, I think there was it was some years ago i was like working on a uh a set for like a kind of random um uh show fitness show and i remember them having a discussion on the side about the cost of putting some music in the background and like the numbers that they were throwing around it was i mean it was crazy it was it was ridiculous and it wasn't like it was nothing on this level and it still cost a lot so um i can yeah i can see why they just they it just might be so cost prohibitive it's not even worth putting out the discs because they don't think that they would make the money the money back um and i think i think miami vice got you know they got put out because it's such a big show yeah it's such a big following they made their money back and then some but you think about like they had the same quality artists that this had uh you know robert plant and phil collins and and at the time ted nugent uh (laughs) you know but stuff you know like big 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 names and kid video probably is such a niche such a small audience and what miami vice ran for like what six or seven seasons or something like that yeah, so, i mean miami vice yeah. was it was five like it was seasons. a you know phenomenon so yeah yeah that totally it's a bummer though I, so check out the uh youtube uh channel of the whoever put these out with the commercials in because it, it's such a nostalgic ride um this, this this really for me captures what the 80s w- felt like uh to be a kid uh, at the time it well, really and, does and fashion each each character fashion. is showing <laughs> yeah. off like a different fashion style you oh know? yeah so yeah. cool man like i want to own all that shit now i want that pink shirt with the paisley on that yeah. ash is wearing the with the suspenders tea. i want to rock that yeah yeah the, the piano <laughs> totally. yeah yeah i will not rock kid video's sleeveless jacket though with his tank top i'm just would not rock that that's not well, you my, re- it's not for me you really got the sense that they were trying to i mean if if it had taken off the way they wanted it to it was they were trying to do like a like an updated version of like the monkeys or something like that um, oh yeah that's a good one too. Um, there's that you know like uh you know i'm a not so secret admirer of um, um s club seven but that was like a concept that actually was able to carry that over where it was like you know uh a narrative band but also a real band that actually had songs that actually were hits and this particular iteration just didn't have i think it didn't have the um actual music that caught on with people so it just kind of died a quick death uh well it that's a really good point you bring up about with the music because um and i think he's gonna get brought they're gonna get brought up a couple more times today um Haim Sabin and Shuki Levy, mm-hmm. who are the pioneers, really the pioneers of 80s cartoon music. Come on. You look at their their list of their work, and it's just insane. But, um, you know, they were the producers of this show, two mm-hmm. of the producers of this show, which makes sense because it's so heavily music, so heavily, uh, you know, musical. And apparently in Israel... Uh, there was a huge following for this show and that's Mm. where they made like kid video coloring books and there's a kid video album Uh, if you go on ebay which i have (laughs) but i don't own it uh, you can buy like the the record of kid video's greatest hits where it's like 10 songs from the show um and so so did the kid video band were they the ones singing footloose in the episode that i saw because i mean it definitely wasn't the original version were they doing do they do the covers of everything in in the show yeah, the band does. Now, I don't think those 
peop, the the actors actually are the ones who do the music for okay so it's know. like there's a house there's a kid video house band that that does all the music for the show and they're also yes. the ones that do, do the covers for the show as well yeah exactly got it yeah. okay okay yeah and they, they yeah so the uh, actual band which um you know the album i'm going to show you the cover for those people who can't see, you can go to kid video, uh, the flip side video. So mm. it's actually them yeah. on the cover mm, and yeah. they're looking very cool. They do. Yeah. They actually do look really cool. We might have to get Robbie wrist on the show just to confirm that he's the one singing these. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like, where did I love go? That's the, the cover they do in, um, in star maker. And you know, the video to radio is the theme song and yeah. all these songs. It's, it's over when the phone stops ringing. A little TLC. We should be together. Come back to me. These are come, all like, come back to me. That was the video at the end of of mine. The woofers and the, the tweakers or whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's so good. I mean, honestly, it's, so, it's good. so good. I I love it. I I thought it was a fun show, and it's a great example of kind of like just the zaniness of of the eighties. Uh, Diallo, do you have any final any last words on on this one on on Kid Video? No, I mean I think you you like you summed up pretty much everything. I I like the yeah, just the the, the whole idea of them trying to make a real life band. Um, <laughs> like it's actually like a a side dream of mine to make a a show like that one day. <laughs> um, yeah, because awesome. like because you know I've always been like you know like the Monkees and Partridge Family and um, S Club and all those shows. I have always just like something always like pulls me in and you know the Brady the Brady uh, kids had a little stint where they were doing music so yeah I've always loved it so that was just you know that was on the the same track and uh you know kind of like you I kind of look at a another timeline where where they actually kind of took off and because again watching those videos at the end I really saw what they were trying to do so yeah it was great I'm gonna throw one quick thing in there too uh for those that are interested on this kvflipside.org, they have a link to the album where you can download a zip file of all oh, the tracks. Cool. And yes, to answer your question, uh, they the cast did sing the original songs themselves. Nice. Wow. That's Robbie impressive. Rist and Brian it says Ryan, Robbie Rist and Brian Scott also play guitar for a couple of tracks. That's really and, cool. That's actually yeah, so really damn impressive, not gonna lie. Yeah. 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 yeah this, very cool. Yeah, very cool show. Um it, it holds up. So that's awesome. I, I, I really mean, like that. Car- Carla was her name, right? The uh... yeah, Carla. Yeah, she. By, uh, yeah, she would have. She would have uh, if she had been more live action on the show. Wouldn't she have been on our top TV crushes, <laughs> cartoon yes. crushes? I, yeah. She. She. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like even when I was doing it in in my head, she was probably in my top ten when I was a kid. I yeah. in watching it now, I was like, oh yeah, she's cute. I like yeah. her. And I think it helps that you, we had you have the live action version to kind of compare it to. But mm-hmm. you know, I, I like that uh that tank top thingy that she the, the half tee thing she got going on. I was like watching it this time. I was like, yeah, girl, you get it. <laughs> well, she reminds me a little bit of uh, what's her face from uh, en- uh, Enter the Ninja uh, uh, three or sorry, um, uh, oh gosh, from Breaking. From, she's from yeah. Breaking, and then uh, yeah, Lucinda Dickey. Yeah, yeah Lucinda Dickey. Yeah, yeah. she's yeah, yeah. I see that. that I see that. Yeah. Like that big hair, big dark hair. <laughs> but that's yeah, that's kid video. All right, all right. I love so it. 80s. I love it. So so impossibly eighties. Hey everybody, Corey here. 
I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host oh, hey, Dean. Hey, Tim, Dean, huh? uh, this isn't a full episode, this is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays, and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then, thanks everybody for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Talking back. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. And now, back to the show. Uh, all right, on to another show that came out the same year, um, a show that I didn't watch as a kid um, and immediately regretted that decision when I watched an episode here, and that's Pole Position, the oh. best animated noses I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Diallo, Diallo, take us into uh, into the Pole Position, baby. Oh, that's so random. That's amazing. Um... <laughs> I don't know why I noticed. I was like, they, they, the artists draw really good noses in this show. <laughs> Um, yeah, so yeah, Pole Position, like, it, uh, it aired, um, from uh, September to December 1984, there's only 13 episodes, um, is on CBS, um, is created by Gene Chalopin, who actually founded the animation company, which is something I didn't know, so, um, Deke, which we've all, we all know and love, they did, like, Inspector Gadget, The Littles, Ulysses 31, um, and many others. And kid video. Yeah, and kid <laughs> and kid video. Um, he found he actually was the founder of Deke, and and this is something I found out. Um, it stands for Diffusion Information Communications, which I had never <laughs> that, known. Yeah, that's a wild fun fact. Yeah, <laughs> glad they went with Deke. <laughs> yeah, and then I guess okay. I guess they formed like a animation branch out of it was more technical. Um, anyway, so Gene Chalpin, he he uh, founded that company, but he also created the show Pole Position. Obviously, Pole Position, um, for people that grew up in the 80s, know the game, which was very popular, um, especially in the early 80s. Um, it's a straight up racing game. Um, and there's not there was there was no real narrative to it, so it all it would almost be like making um, what's that what's the uh, racing game that's pretty popular on playstation now Corey. the uh oh gran turismo yeah gran, gran turismo. turismo yeah, yeah gran turismo yeah. it would okay. be like making a gran turismo movie uh, but yeah. like there's no there's no story to that <laughs> franchise at all so they just made something up completely um so what they came up with was completely down the pathway of the things that i love which is secret agents <laughs> um <laughs> racing cars obviously 
uh, and sort of like the uh, family units and kids that are um, a little bit more, um, you know, like spy kids kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So Mar- what about Mar- what about marsupial? Uh, yeah, Mars- yeah, yeah, marsupial <laughs> sidekicks. Exactly. <laughs> you got to have your little like it's like a monkey or yeah. yeah a little... One of my notes is what is that creature? <laughs> yeah. And, and where can I get one? Yeah, where, where can, can I, I get, get one? one? Illegally, probably. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, you know, it was uh, the voice by David Coburn. He played Coburn. He played Dan. Lisa Lindgren played Tess. Um, Bunch of names that we, like, uh, we've seen in other shows, but a couple that uh, that really stand out for me, at least. Um, One of the voices uh, for Wheels, which was the red car, was Melvin Franklin, who was actually one of the Temptations. Actually, one of the original Temptations. What? Uh, yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah, so that was I like kind of that deep voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's also, awesome. um, Kalina Kiff, who plays Daisy, the younger daughter, she actually was a pretty successful child actress, and I didn't realize this until like kind of doing some research. Um, and she played Kelly Cleaver on the new Leave It to Beaver show, um, which actually Whoa. ran that actually that show actually ran for like. I think like six or seven seasons actually so was it syndicated was that syndicated yeah i think it was originally on like disney and then it was syndicated i think i like that show yeah i used to, I, I i was really into it for a while um yeah. yeah so uh yeah it was um and again composed by heim Sabin and shuki levy um yeah our, our boys yeah and they actually had um one of you know, cause one of the things about, and I think we brought this up before, um, not just with Deke, but with other shows like you know, like Silverhawks and um, Thundercats, that kind of deal, where the opening animation was always just like super <laughs> incredible, um, but when you got into the actual show, it wasn't as sharp. My experience with the show was that actually the the like obviously the opening animation was amazing, but the mm-hmm animation within the show still had a level that was higher than what I feel like we hit with later shows. What I found out was that Deke actually had um, a Japanese animation studio that actually was producing a lot of their work. And I think that that's one of the reasons why it had that look and level of um, a detail that it, that it displayed. Um, but anyways, yeah, I don't lost it. I don't, they lost it when, uh, when GI Joe, the new Deke G.I. Joe cartoon came out, they lost that quality. Well, you know, like, and I, you know, I was, as I was watching this, I was actually thinking about that. And I think, cause this was pretty early in that era of putting out quality animation. And I think like after, like they, they found out pretty quickly that they wanted to do things as cheap and quick as possible. Mm. And I think that's, so pretty quickly they, they, kind of went down that path because like when you look at like inspector gadget and like it's and the littles especially like i felt like the animation that's one of the things that drew me in was like that animation always felt like there was um art they were being artful and careful about what they were doing but then you know again i love thundercats but like when you look at (laughs) when you look at it it's it just feels like it's phoned in a lot yeah in the episodes and and it's because yeah they're just cranking the episodes out and they're really, you know, it's about them making the toys um, rather than the actual show. Um, yep. Transformers, too, to an extent. I don't want to cut you off or anything, but while we're discussing the animation, 
I gotta admit, uh, I watched uh, the first episode, I think, The Code, Mm -hmm. and consistently throughout the entire episode, this was probably the best animation of all the animated TV obscures like we've done mm-hmm. thus far uh, consistently um, it, it wasn't like the maybe the most flashy but it was always consistently good and exciting and they did a lot of stuff with like cars and things and I noticed that like there were no like weird proportions like you can tell they didn't rush things like it was exciting the action was very cool so yeah the animation in, in this first episode at, at, at least is stellar throughout the entire thing yeah yeah it's uh you know I've been, so i've been watching um you guys on our thread you know i've been watching uh bubblegum crisis mm-hmm. and um that's you know pure japanese anime and that was uh made in about 1987 88 um and i so i was, I was watching that and then i kind of jumped over to pole position and i'm like noticing that like what you were just saying that same level of like there just seems to be art happening in every every like shot and every panel, every you know every every uh, scene. Um, and again, like when you're watching a lot of American animation, sometimes it just felt kind of phoned in. Um, so you just I didn't get that feeling when I was watching Pole Position. So that like again that sort of translated to to my adult brain why I liked it so much. I mean, again, you know, supercars, they, you know, they were, so basically, I, I don't know, I didn't even go to the premise of it, but um, the parents uh, of, there were parents of a secret organization called Pole Position, and they died um, in a car accident, and their kids are made to take their place, and they basically uh, travel around the country um, in a stunt show. And they use the stunt show as a cover for them going on secret secret operations. Um, and their uncle, who um, was kind of leading uh, the uh, the parents, ends up leading the kids. Um, and then they have the, <laughs> the daughter Daisy, who's their younger 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 daughter, that runs around with the uh, uh, the character's name is Kuma, which is the the marsupial that you're. <laughs> You were talking about that they created, you know, again, they create like a weird animal so that kids can, uh, I guess, relate to it a little bit more. Um, But it's a very, you know, it's a very, very simple premise. Um, The cars were sort of like, you know, you know, Knight Rider comes up a lot when they talk about this show. Um, And um, the cars were a little bit more um, fantastic than, you know, Knight Rider. They had each car had um, a computer and like they had distinct personalities. Wheels was the car. It was like a red Mustangy kind of convertible car. Um, And uh, there was a roadie was in like this kind of blue Lamborghini type car. Um, they both had like hovercraft mode and they could go through the water and um, do all kind of crazy stunts. So um, very simple premise, um, but, you know, spies and intrigue and I loved it. So and lots of action. Yeah, lots of action. Um, yeah. And, I, you know, I got, I'm, a, I'm a simple guy. Like when it comes to some stuff, it's like like I, you know, I'll, I can like love intense dramas, but then it's like. I'm like, oh, this is why I like Fast and the Furious, because like all I need is like car chases and explosions and some running, and I'm good. <laughs> so, pole so position it's... was right down my alley. 
Side note, I can't hear you anyone say I'm a simple guy without thinking of the Boogie Nights uh, Boogie speech. Nights. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a simple man. I'm a simple man. <laughs> Lollipops in my mouth, butter in my ass. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Zach, Zach, I went last first last time. Go go ahead with your thoughts on pole position. Oh, I was going to say, uh, I always love that blue car. Uh, like a little hot takes. One, uh, you, you mentioned car, uh, sport related movies or car related movies i think of like need for speed with uh aaron paul mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so that was based on a video game right yeah, yeah. yeah. um that actually wasn't that bad i thought it was kind of cool i surprisingly saw that but i haven't seen any of the fast and furious movies <laughs> what's wrong with me i have no idea uh how are you diallo's friend without seeing those movies i know i know well yeah because i have to watch them with diallo so that's that's where i'll go with that because we're not family um, that meme is dead it's so dead oh god i can't stand couldn't stand it um i was gonna say they dropped the ball on the marketing again with this easily could have done just done like hot wheel cars you know Mm -hmm. uh, just based on the two cars and that's it i would have loved loved to have had that i watched this show incessantly too i loved every show that was video game related so Mm -hmm. donkey kong and pac-man and Mm -hmm. frogger there was a frogger cartoon for a minute yeah um a cubert you know Mm -hmm. and so when pole position came i think saturday starcade yeah saturday saturday starcade exactly it was i loved this block of of video game cartoons uh i always felt like they they should have done more it should have been a longer run i don't know why it wasn't because the premise is great that weird um, marsupial-looking thing always kind of bugged me. The girl, it's the same way it bugged me on Mask that uh, T-Bob and um, um, Matt Tracker's son kind of bugged me. It's like, I get it. I get why. But for like me, I just wanted to cut to the action and never have that side character. I understand why you need that in a show, but it just didn't didn't roll for me. In the same way, Speed Racer was the same way. They had like the little... Um, a monkey or yeah. whatever and, and, and chimp, chimp. um chimp chimp yeah so that but other than that i loved it i love the intrigue the animation is so cool um one little thing that it was always hard to listen to the robots in the car because sometimes the music would play over them a little bit so it was mm-hmm. hard to hear them um even now like i was just again watching the same episode Corey watched and i was like Oh, I, you could tell like Shuki Levy's like, no, 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 no. We got to, we got to boost this part. Give it more, give it more bass. You know, this, this is our, this is our song. We wrote this song. It's good. It's good. Yeah. yeah it's good. Yeah. The, who cares about the dialogue? No, that's the music. It's the music. Um, I, I love this show. I wish uh, it was available. I think like um, Mill Creek put out random episodes in a kind of a, a mixed box set with like Jason, the wheel warriors and cops, but they never released all 13 episodes because there's someone who owns the other three for some yeah. reason. Um, but this should be out. This should be like a video game box set, you know, with all these, that would be so badass. And man, yeah, the animation's great. I, I'm, I agree with you, Corey, about the, the stunt work with the cars. I think that's really hard to pull off. I'm not an animator, but I would assume it is, um, you know, and just setting up the, the, the look of the tracks because they're all kind of unique. Uh, it looks like something I would draw as a kid, you know, just in my fantasy world. Um, but yeah, I love the show, and uh, I wish it was on longer than thirteen episodes. <laughs> Proposition. That theme song it the kicks. Theme ass. song. So the theme song, like the, the thing I remember the most from it, actually, and like 
over the years. Like I, this was like in my uh, running playlists when I was running. <laughs> <laughs> like I love that theme song, and like listening into it again was just like, oh, this is so good. I love it. So I good. love it. I love it. I'm I'm glad you brought it up because I really did like that theme song as well. Uh, it was very synth wavy too. Oh, and, oh it's, so good. Yeah. it's so good. So it's good. so yeah. good. It really is. And uh, yeah, the animation was was spectacular. The the stunts were fun. Um, I can see the the marsupial creature getting annoying, but it wasn't that annoying in in the one episode that I saw. Um, I did find it very disturbing that the youngest daughter played uh, played with the two. So you could the two cars have the two robot AIs in them, and you can detach them, and they become like these little I guess like little handheld you know looking tv type of things but it's supposed to house all their cpu and whatnot and she's playing parents with them she'll put them like dress them up and basically play as her parents and i'm like yeah that's so fucking disturbing and morbid and she's too young to be on this adventure she needs parents she needs to be growing up learning um but i i liked it even in the first episode there was like some some double crossing and some like triple agent stuff and it was a lot of fun it kind of kept you guessing the the whole time and and again the the action the the car racing was a lot of fun although i was like how much of a race is it really when you're just using letting your ai drive the car <laughs> for you i was like what's the point of the of the humans you know but uh i like well, they the played characters. on that a little bit that was which i actually thought was interesting though when uh, dan yeah. was kind of like kicking back and yeah. and he was getting in trouble because he was kicking back so yeah <laughs> I like that, I, but I thought that was fun, and it was it was different, you know. And uh, and the two cars were really cool too. They're they're very distinctually different from each other, which is what I liked. One seems to be like like a hyper futuristic concept car, where the other one, like Diallo said, is kind of like this pseudo Mustangy kind of convertible looking thing. I guess, I think it was no, I don't know if it was convertible, but it was. It yeah. was it was that kind of style, you know, and uh, I liked it. They both looked really cool, and I could totally see some kind of like playset coming out with all the tubes and everything. And you could get me, or you could get the the car, the truck that they go in. Again, another uh, example of like a connection to Knight Rider is they have yeah. this. Um, you know, truck that houses the two cars, and it also has their living area in it. And that's something Diallo talk about check marks. I love mobile bases, I mm, guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you call them, but yeah. I like that kind of shit right there. And uh, the the acting, the voice acting was really good. Then and you know the action was great. And guys and gals, the animation team really does draw the best noses and on this show every single one of them was spectacular <laughs> i'm always a big fan of eyeballs in 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 animation like the way they draw eyes mm-hmm. you know especially in and that was kind of what diallo was hitting on earlier that that uh like anime eyes are always so good with the with, with, you know with the little mm-hmm. white uh glint very expressive yeah and and so um yeah i, I love that I, yeah Anyways, yeah, sorry. no, it's great. It's it's a good one, and I highly or <laughs> thoroughly regret not having watched it as a kid. I think, I don't know if maybe it just conflicted with another show that I was watching in that same time slot, or I wasn't, as much as I loved Mad Max and whatnot as a kid, I wasn't like a huge car guy, and I'm still not really a big car guy, you know? So, like, weirdly, it almost doesn't appeal to me in that aspect, but if, if you sit me down and make me watch it... 
I'll enjoy car stuff, you know, but I kind of mm-hmm. don't seek it out on its own. So, and I, and probably the the pole position, like, um, you know, the brand didn't really pull me in because that wasn't a game that I played. Obviously, I was familiar with it. You can't not exist in the 80s and not see pole position, Atari. but it wasn't yeah. one that I kind of played a lot i feel like i i played like afterburner more you know like that Ooh, was more of my steez second, yeah yeah afterburner game, baby yeah. that was <laughs> That's some good in shit. my opinion the, yeah. one of the best jet games ever yeah, yeah. That was, i, I was love say, that game i was gonna say really quick uh to piggyback on what you're saying about maybe one of the reasons why you didn't watch it and why you hadn't had never seen it um is because if, if a movie or, or if a TV show or cartoon was popular enough, it would get a VHS release mm-hmm. for the rental store, yeah. right? Where they'd have like three episodes. Like they did that with He-Man. They did that with all the big shows. You that, can think, that's how I watched time. Robotech, a.k.a. Macross, when I was a kid, was the VHS tapes that had like three 30-minute episodes per VHS tape. It's yeah. insane. Wow. Now you get like uh, the whole series on one Blu-ray disc. Yeah, right. There, there must have been like 100 VHS tapes. There was. It was. There was. Yep, the whole there bunch was. of them. Yep. Wow. Yeah, and and I remember like the sh- the the morning cartoons were flooded. You know, every major network had a block of cartoons, so you would have to switch back and forth if you could, uh, or if you could record one when the VCRs that came out where you could record one channel at, at, and and watch something else at the same time. Right, right. That was very revolutionary when that came out. They're like, oh my gosh, I can watch Knight Rider and Murder, She Wrote at the same time. This is fantastic. <laughs> um, and so I think that was one of the reasons why a lot of these shows got missed because they had you had to choose. And then if you missed it, there wasn't your shit out, shit out of luck, you yeah. know. Um, also, too, I wanted to point out this is this is at a time when the commercial breaks were uh, shorter. So it was like two commercials or three at the most. And it wasn't two minutes in between. It was shorter. It was like 90 seconds or less. Um, so the episodes were longer. These episodes are like 25 minutes long. And whereas most cartoons were like 22 minutes. And if you think about that, three minutes of animation, that's a lot of time. You know, when James effort, Etalk, yeah. uh when we had James Etalk on our Patreon exclusive interview, which you shall check out regarding uh, the return of fake or, uh, as Corey likes to say, fake or, um, <laughs> he talked about adding some minutes to the return of fake or cartoon that he's making and, uh, and, and how painstaking that is, you know, just to do one minute of animation. So you think about three minutes of, of extra animation on episodes, kid video is that way. It's 25 minutes. Uh, this was 25 minutes. I think galaxy high school was like 25 or close to it. Mm-hmm. Anyways, just want to throw that out there. And last thing I want to say before I wrap up my part, um, pole position, a movie would definitely be made today. It should be made today. It could easily be made today and you don't have to worry about it. You know, people would say, Oh, it's biting off of, Fast and the Furious. Well, uh, <laughs> no, it came out before Fast and the Furious. Just take the same the premise from the cartoon. Make it the premise of the cartoon. It would be dope. You know, it would be a huge money maker. And and to tag on to that, I'll say, and I think Dal will agree with me. They did make a pole position movie. It was called Speed Racer, the movie, and it was <laughs> fan fucking tastic. And no one yeah. saw it, and everyone should go and see it. On their on now that we all have giant ass TVs, go watch Speed Racer. You missed it in the theater. Go watch it. It's fucking awesome. It's a great fucking movie. Yeah. Love, love, love Speed Racer. Um, yeah, but I, w- I was going to say real quick, too, like any like one thing that Fast and the Furious taught me is that um, don't ever let 
someone saying your idea is just something else done already because Fast and the Furious was basically point break um, mm. and <laughs> it's gone on to make a billion dollars. So don't uh, don't ever let that stop you. That's <laughs> <laughs> just like how kid video was just Dungeons and Dragons. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, before I jump into uh, Galaxy High School, um, Dial and I were, were talking, I think it was last night uh, or the night before, about how much we love seeing these old commercials on these YouTube videos. And yeah. uh, I think even, Zach, you and I were talking on some random episode about how you used to be proud of back in the day that you cut out the commercials when you were, like, taping yeah. the shows. And now <laughs> if we could, we would go back in time. And to me, whenever I go to YouTube – Looking at 80s, like, kids' commercials are my my favorite thing to do, you know? And, and I was talking to Diallo about how, like, I loved when they would make, like, little miniature sets for, for the toys and everything. Uh, yeah. Army Ants is one example where, like, you're not supposed to believe that the kids exist in that world, even though you can see the hands holding them. But I love the set that they built for the Army Ants commercial. But then I also loved the old uh, Empire Strikes Back AT-AT commercial oh. because it had in in there it had the kids playing in the set and they had these like the styrofoam cups the white ones turned upside down and had they cut little doors in the front and they made basically little turrets out of them and I saw that as a kid and I was like I'm gonna do that and I did the exact same thing I saw in the, the, the commercial it was essentially the first YouTube video DIY thing that I ever like sort of saw <laughs> and I was like you That's know awesome. like seven years old so I missed that shit and you know, obviously, I don't watch any TV now that has any commercials because we watch everything on streaming. So I don't know if they even do this anymore. But I feel like, man, yeah, 80s commercials, they didn't just, and Diallo, you said it, they didn't just sell you the toys. They sold you the imagination, uh, the world as well. And I miss that shit so much. Yeah, they were, like you like you said, it was like the, you were watching the kids play with the toys. So it wasn't you you it sort of sold that idea of that's what you would be doing and you get the action figure but like what do you do with it when you get it so you have to like make up your own stuff in the real world so you saw kids doing that and it just it felt so natural and that's what you were going to be doing anyways and um like zach you know like um that's one of the things whenever i'm around Bodie. Like he, he reminds me so much of myself when I was that age because I, he literally does all, like what I used to do exactly, which is like he like he loves he sees cardboard and he, he goes nuts. And that's literally yeah. what I used to do. Like so my parents did like Amway and stuff and they were just like all these boxes in the garage. And I used to just take all those boxes and I, I'd make these like elaborate like sets of like I remember making the G.I. Joe headquarters and have like parking garages in them and like multi-levels and an arcade I would put in. And um, I made the Superman Fortress of Solitude, the Hall of Justice. And like that was just as much of my play and imagination as it was like getting the figures. So those those two things kind of like combined. And, you know, like I said, Corey, it's like, you know, you like today, it's more about like getting video games. And it's like, everything's kind of like just there for you already. And again, yeah. not, yeah. not like downing on video games at all, because I, I probably spent four or five hours playing yesterday. So that's <laughs> not like a bad thing per se. But there's just like, there is something that I feel like is lost a little bit. Um, that I don't know oh, totally. that all kids are, are getting to the extent that that 
um, like we might have gotten when we were growing up. But, you know, again, like, you know, everything changes and everything's different and they get to experience things on a different level than than what we did. So it's not to say one is better than the other. But watching those commercials again definitely reminded me of how um, how much like my own <laughs> I was already off in my own little world anyways in my head <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was like an, an invitation to like go there all the time and so I yeah really watching those commercials was was great to see yeah I I can't knock kids nowadays because I mean we had the NES and Atari 2600s you can't even compete with the graphics that the kids have nowadays and I would probably be in the same boat I'd be like yeah I'm not playing with an action figure I'm gonna go like play this over here it's insane yeah. but yeah, yeah I I do love seeing those old cartoon uh, those old uh, commercials so yeah they're always and they're always a, a fun uh, bonus whenever we do this show and, and the the video actually has the commercials on it so yeah and and like you said that's also too uh, sometimes where you get the bumpers uh, I was talking to our pal David David Irons over in the UK and he would watch the real Ghostbusters stuff on on VHS uh, tapes that they had. And he never saw the bumpers that we had when we were, we all know, like the Moogly, like now ah, back to the show, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah. Like he didn't have any of the Moogly stuff, which is interesting because that's kind of where they sort of solidified Moogly's personality was it was in the bumpers. So, yeah, there, there's something to be said about losing the bumpers as well. Hey, everybody, Corey here. I just want to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la. Hello everybody, I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. And now, back to the show. All right. Galaxy High School, 1986. Obviously, this was a show that I was very fond of as a kid. Um, if I look back, I probably would say this would be equal to kid video in my head. Like, I probably watched them sort of equally. But the pedigree behind the scenes on this show is oh. bananas. So. Yeah. First off, um, it came out, like I said, in 86. For uh, They only produced 13 episodes although for CBS, uh, although CBS did give them basically two years, uh, two, two time slots. So the, in 87, they just re-ran the same 13 episodes uh, from the year prior. Um, the justification for this is, is that a lot of them were missed the year prior because of sporting events, so they would kind of be new to, to kids anyways. Um, um, but I still think that that's kind of a, a cheap thing to do. Um, but totally. Can, uh, can I? It, I want to interrupt you really quick, yeah, Corey. Yeah. 
what you just said is exactly I actually think it's true because I didn't discover the show till 1987. I know specifically I didn't discover it till 1987. Um, and I didn't realize it actually until now that it was on a year before. Um, and so there, there might be some truth to that. Or so it's actually a good thing that they just were like, well, let's just re-air the whole thing over again the, the yeah. year later. So, and I don't, yeah, I don't know what CBS had on Saturday morning sports-wise that would have preempted uh, uh, this, but okay, yeah, I guess that's a thing, right? Um, and wasn't I don't, I don't particularly. And, wasn't rock and wrestling on CBS like WWF? Was that? It was, it was, but. Um... I mean, September, it's weird. It's just a yeah. weird time slot because the NFL really wasn't doing Saturday games until yeah, I think like the 90s, right? Yeah, or that was always 90s. college football was was uh, on Saturdays. But maybe. I think maybe they had college football on CBS. So. Yep, and maybe, yeah, maybe that was it. Um, guys and gals out there, if, if anyone knows, uh, let us know. That that'd be I'd be interested in, in hearing that, like what did preempt it. And then curious, it's like, did CBS lose that license the next year? You know, um, I, oh, that, that kind of shit I think is this- interesting, to be honest with you. Yeah, the sports. The, the, I'm sure there's a documentary out there about it, but the sports, uh, the competition between networks to acquire sp- certain sports is always very high. Yeah, yeah, intense. Um, so it was created by Chris Columbus, who you know his first movie was Adventures in Babysitting. Went on to do <laughs> Home Alone. Mind freaking blown he and also discovered america <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah diallo texted me the uh, texted all of us that a few days ago because when you're watching like holy shit i was like oh yeah. my god like his yeah, name popped his... up right in the front i was like what <laughs> yeah yeah but here's the thing it doesn't stop there it keeps going so yeah. the music and theme were composed by don felder of the fucking eagles yep oh <laughs> it's like okay really? Whoa! Yup, yup, and gets better. And <laughs> characters were designed for the show. I'm gonna mess up his name. His name is he's John K, the guy who created Ren and Stimpy, but his real name is um, John Chris Falusi. Crick Crick Falusi. Okay, and uh, so he went on to create Ren and freaking Stimpy. Wow! And then get canceled by our culture. <laughs> yeah, get canceled by our culture. Um, and not and uh, and guys, the hits the hits keep on coming. The animation studio that worked on this was TMS Entertainment. Yes. They are one of the oldest and most famous anime studios. They created Lupin the Third, Galgo Thirteen, yes. fucking Akira. The movie mm-hmm. they did what, that what's so that never heard right of that. What, what what might that be what hmm <laughs> <laughs> it's it's insane guys so the animation on this show is beautiful when you when you watch it it's absolutely beautiful. but it's also it's a very saturday morning look it's not doesn't yes. feel like anime it feels like a saturday morning cartoon yep. but done very very well um now let's let's just now let's have some fun with the cast shall we <laughs> because <laughs> that's pretty impressive as well First off, you have playing, so there's two main characters on the show, uh, Amy and Doyle. And I'll give you the premise real quick. Uh, Amy and Doyle, Amy is a nerd. Doyle is kind of a jock at at his school. They both go to Earth High School together. They get accepted into Galaxy High School. And when they get there, the re, the roles are a bit reversed. Doyle is not popular. He's not doesn't really get along with people. And Amy, who was the nerd on Earth, is actually kind of the star there. And everyone 
uh, really likes her. And and it's I like that. I thought that was kind of a really neat premise to kind of make everything odd. First off, you're you know they're going to an alien high school, which is odd to begin with, and they have freaking lockers that talk to you. They have characters with six arms. I mean, the, the character designs are zany as you can possibly imagine. In but a then on heavy metal way, very very <laughs> heavy metal esque. A good call there, buddy. Um, and it's and then on top of it. The, the the relationship between the two characters are reversed as well. So you're always like something interesting is always happening. Either, you know, Doyle is shocked by the fact that he's not popular or Amy's shocked by the fact that she is. There's always something interesting uh, uh, going on. Um, and then also with, with the aliens as well. Uh, but Amy uh, Bright Tower, uh, the main character, is played by Susan Blue, uh, who went on, who played RC in Transformers. But Diallo, going back to our to our uh, cartoon crushes, she was the voice of Stormer on Gem. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. 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 (laughs) (laughs) You also have. Nancy Cartwright, she plays uh, Flat Freddy Fender, but everybody knows her as Bart Simpson forever. Yep. Amazing. We also, and at this point, guys and gals, just actually go and, uh, uh, you know, check the IMDb for this because you'll recognize just so many faces. Uh, the two lockers are pe- played by Henry Gibson, who was the old Nazi guy in uh, The Burbs. Um, well, no, laughing. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He was the Nazi guy in uh, The Blues Brothers. But in, in an inner space, he was uh, the, uh, the manager at Lucky's. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Jack recognize. Was, and, and laugh in. Yep. And, and also the voice of Wilbur from Charlotte's Web, the animated uh, movie. Oh, and wow. The, and the uh, uh, Doyle's best friend, Milo DeVenis, it was played by David Lander, who is also who's famous for uh, Squiggy in Laverne and Shirley. It's crazy. It's insane, guys. Like seriously, it's insane. So look through the IMDb of this. You'll, I think you'll be very impressed. Um, real Don't forget quick, Pat Fraley. Pat Fraley from uh, <laughs> he played Krang on Teenage Mutant Ninja. Oh, Wars. that's right. He played Krang as well. Yeah, dude. Um, really so, cool guy, by the way. I've worked with him. He's so nice. So and then cool yeah, it's 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 insane. So the weird thing is. Um, I can't find Doyle on here. I I look here it is here he is finally he's he's not even on the main like scroll through. Uh, Doyle was played by Hal Rayleigh. Mm-hmm. Uh, weirdly, it's like tw- it's like really really far down on, on the list too, which is really odd. Um, but he was the voice of the Predator in Predator Two. Wait, what? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so weird, so weird. So That's hilarious. The pedigree behind the show was wild. Um, I watched wow. two episodes. I watched the the first two episodes. I had a blast with it. I thought, like I said, the animation was a lot of fun. Uh, there's always something sort of zany and new happening between the lockers, between the different teachers. Uh, the character designs are so much fun to see. You know, the there's a scene where where Amy's sort of getting into her new costume and kind of doing this whole um, like 
a new style. It was called like Finding Her Style, and like they just a fun take on everything you sort of have seen in '80s movies before of of you know characters trying on different headdresses, trying on. And here it's fun because you can try on new skin colors, and then they'll have like a shot where like this alien has like a hundred eyes, and the eyes keep rotating while while someone's putting on mascara. And I'm like, how long did it take to animate just that little throwaway? like side shot but because of it because of all of these fun little things it really makes the world feel alive and and very like full and and so many different alien species the only thing even as a kid that i had a problem with is you don't need spacesuits to kind of be out in space in in this thing and i'm like and i was like even as a kid i was like ah it kind of threw me out of it a little bit but now that i'm older and i'm watching it i honestly didn't even notice it you know like it didn't make a lick of difference uh at all and i had an absolute freaking blast watching both of these episodes honestly all three of the shows i loved uh watching them all but i really had a blast watching galaxy high school i think i think it holds up really really well and uh it was optioned uh for for movie rights i believe like like really recently like in the early 2000s or something um but no one really picked it up i i think Mm. the premise of this is strong enough to to warrant a reboot, um, to warrant a movie, um, or to warrant just getting it out on Blu-ray and, and picking it up and, and watching it. So, uh, Diallo, what what'd you think of uh, Galaxy High School, man? Yeah, you know, just like the other two, like I loved all of these cartoons. Um, so the one thing that I, you know, when I when I saw Chris Columbus explode onto the, his name ex- explode onto the screen, um, it really got me thinking as to why I probably think this show is a lot better theme-wise than other shows. And what I really understood about it was that it is the ultimate geek wish fulfillment. Because, um, what's her name, Amy? Amy, yeah. Yeah, Amy was like, she was like the nerd. And especially, especially in the 80s, being a geek and a nerd was not a good thing. (laughs) Like, today, it's a little different. Um, But back then, definitely not. And all all three of us can attest to how not cool it was to be a nerd back in the 80s. Yeah. (laughs) It's like all this stuff that I'm able to talk about now um, (laughs) to kind of like walk around and keep it to yourself, you know? Yeah. Um, So and then, you know, and then watch and like the jock, you know, so the having having those roles flipped when they went to the school, it felt like this comeuppance and all that other stuff that like so when you're watching it you really get that sense and that's one of the reasons why the show works but it actually it had a really like it had a heart to it because because their relationship actually like it was a little cold at first but it was like he he actually was like he was kind of sensitive too so it was like it was like a growth and learning thing for him and then amy actually was as she was growing into her role she was actually kind of like bringing him into she had compassion for him i'm probably talking about it a little bit deeper than than they probably show on the show on the screen but those were the kind of things that like as an adult and in my writer brain i was i was seeing and i think those underpinnings is what made the show really really kind of stand out um from other shows like say like i used to watch beverly hills teens but it's actually like it had a little bit more heart than a show like that. That was a little bit more on the surface. And this is this was a, um, 
uh, ironically, having to do with aliens, it was more human than, than those other shows. Um, but yeah, it was like everything from like the design, um, the imagination of it all, um, the animation, uh, the music. Uh, I just, yeah, I just, I just loved it. Um, I remember the, the reason why I remember it was 1987 was because I think I was the year before I was kind of watching <laughs> the rock and wrestling cartoon and I kind of got tired of it. And then I remember flipping the channel and then it was this show and I, and I, it was like right 97. And I remember it was 1987 because right after this show was off, I turned the channel and it was actual WWF wrestling on another, another channel. And that's when I got into actually watching wrestling. Cause it was the, it was the episode where, where Andre turned on Hulk Hogan before oh, WrestleMania yeah, three. Stuff. And that's when I got hooked on wrestling. Um, yep. that was the year. Yep. 87. Yeah. But it was, a uh, it was, yeah, I just, uh, um, I mean, it was such a great show and watching, watching it, I definitely thought how visually I think it would work as um, a modern movie, like live action. My only hesitation about it is that I feel like this show was so optimistic and it wasn't cynical. And I just know that that would be like an unavoidable take <laughs> that people would add to a movie and I so I don't know that it would work as well today um, but at the same time I still would love to see um, this premise like take flight in some way shape or form maybe even like it might be better as like a um, like as a series maybe yeah and, yeah. and I don't think you're reading too much into the whole Doyle Amy thing because just in the first two episodes, I think you saw growth uh, from Doyle and everything. And, and you read on Wikipedia, they, they say that unfortunately there's you know no conclusion to it, but they were heading in a direction that was that was positive. And I, I mm -hmm. really, really thought that was cool. Yeah. Uh, Zach, what was your thoughts on this one? Uh, well, a couple things. One, um, it's, it's interesting how uh, when they first land on the planet and or on the school and uh there's confusion with or the lockers uh are re rejecting the one ro locker rejects doyle's because uh, like everything's animated right everything yeah. comes to life the one locker is rejecting doyle's stuff that he wants to put in it and uh the, the they're they're kind of um liaison there he's like you know uh, no one want he was the only one that wanted a hum that was able to like willing to take a human's uh stuff you know so it's almost like a, a knock at humanity like well you know we're still trying to figure our shit out but to everybody else in the universe we suck which probably is true um as a society as a whole but uh a couple things one i thought how how cool was it that there were so many different types of aliens on this planet where um uh, i think shows at this time and maybe later on would just kind of stick with four main or five main but this had every single kind of monster you could think of down to like the the janitor who was the the, the puppy dog the dog yeah the beast, <laughs> um which i thought was great i so when i said earlier you know reminded me of heavy metal it reminded me specifically of the one segment where they go to uh oh gosh it's like uh the one character turns into like uh, he's on trial. Oh, the, the Captain Stern segment. The Captain Stern, Stern segment. Thank you. Yeah, yeah it he reminded gets, me yeah. of that in a way, like a wackiness mm -hmm. to it, you know, which I loved. I loved. Yeah, that voice cast is a who's who of uh, a list voice actors. And one thing that stood out to me 
apparent from the first moment was uh, Amy. And I said, what? she looks really familiar to me. Like, why is it? Why does her character look so familiar to me? And then this came out in 86. Well, one year prior, Fright Night had come out. And Amy, played by Amanda Bears, looks just like this character. Like, down to the, the hair, yeah. the, the, the hair tie thing that she's wearing, the, the 50s doo-wop outfit, the kind of nerdy girl outfit. Uh, it's a, I, it's identical. So I'm like, oh, clearly someone's a fan of Fright Night, which gave it bonus points to for me anyways, because uh, I love that. It's so obvious. If you did a side-by-side screenshot, it would just it's totally obvious. Anyways, overall, I love the show. Um, I, I wish, again, I wish it would have lasted more than 13 episodes. I think it's just, I think it's also interesting because this feels like a show that would be geared towards an older audience, an older kid. Hmm. Uh, I don't think five and six and seven year olds get the premise of a high school. If they do, it's still over their head, you yeah. know, in the sense, cause they're not in high school. They're in elementary school. No, that's that's, that's actually a good point. I didn't even think about that. Cause when I was watching it, I was, I was in elementary school. So yeah, you have this idea, I guess how high school is going to be, but you don't actually have the experience. Whereas now that we all have the experience of high school watching the show now, we're like, okay, I can pick up on some things that I probably missed when I was a kid. That, that's a good point. Cause and I was going to ask what Bodie uh, thought of this one. Yeah. He actually, uh, out of the three, I think he he lost interest towards the end a little bit, and because I said, do you, "What do you think of that? What do you like? What do you like about it?" And he's like, "I like all the characters. The characters are cool, and the and the action sequences are fun, but the dialogue was a little like I think it was a little over his head, like, mm. it, um, which makes total sense to me, and it makes sense why it only lasted thirteen episodes in that way because it's like, well, who are you gearing this towards, right? What's who's your audience? Um, but I still think it would I think it would be I think if you updated it now and and we didn't have like necessarily adult or teen cartoons like that back in the day, you know, to that extent. Right. Um, Where where they appeal to to an older audience. Yeah. And like Jem, I think, is in that way. It's like Jem appealed to that 10 year old and up kind of age group because it was dealing with romance and love and you know subject matters that like nine and eight year olds are not necessarily focused on well well, Um, well, you you know you mentioned that and you saw i think we all saw the first episode um there was that creature called creep or something like that where he was like he sings a song like this like lounge singing song he's like head over heels for amy he's like singing this lounge singing song and he's like he's like i'm gonna sneak into your car when tonight when you're asleep (laughs) and i was like what the (laughs) fuck and it's it's that is that character is problematic uh (laughs) that would have to be completely nixed uh and i was just like holy shit uh and then in the second episode there's like this little fly uh character that he freaking crushes because he thinks it's a fly and it's just another alien and i'm like oh my god like it's 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 His they're throwing some species. yeah they're, they're throwing some interest like some some dark stuff at us and i don't know what the intention was like is that for kids or is that for the adults but like it's like you said so yeah tonally it has some weird spots yeah but but i think now, if it was updated, would go over really well because yeah. we have so much animation for 
adults now and teens, right? And in an older audience, it's not just for kids anymore. So, uh, I mean, you could, could, you could probably have go crazy fun with it, go make it straight up for adults like uh, Rick and Morty, and then just, totally. just go buck wild with it. You know, you could have, then you could have like sex jokes and stuff, still keep it in high school, but you could, you could have some weird alien shit going on. Uh, you know, either way, uh, because the character designs are so, at this point, I, I remember them so vividly. Uh, like the girl with the, that you can kind of see her brain in her head. Yeah, that was one of my bulb. favorite characters. Me, the, me the too. Bulb, uh, yeah. <laughs> was Great. Name? Yeah, she was like, and she was like uh, an airhead or something. She wasn't Dim really bulb. smart. <laughs> yeah. But she, and, and the, all the character designs, uh, the, the, the villains, you know, the, the bullies were really cool looking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just everything. There was always something happening like they were going to go to the gym in in the first episode to meet uh the the females you know so amy can meet all the other girls and stuff and the gym's not there and he's like oh the gym should be here and it comes walking around because everything is like alive everything is like animated and and it's like who like how much fun is just that 30 seconds right there you know whereas they could have just gone to the gym and then when they get into the gym it's really crazy and zany and a lot of fun to see. But, like, having the Jim walk up and be like, hi, I am Jim. And, of course, you can tell it's he's spelling it J-I-M, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, it's just – it's fun. It's just nonstop fun. They put a lot into this, into at least into the pilot. They put a lot into yeah. it. Really trying to hammer home the, the uniqueness of the show. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it, it's, it's – it's, I appreciate it a lot. You brought up a really good point about – what the not kind of not knowing what the audience was um, because like I actually was in high school <laughs> when this was yeah, out. Yeah. And um, it was kind of like my uh, sophomore junior maybe. And um, again, like, you know, back then at least in the national societal conversation, cartoons were strictly for kids. Like I was, yeah. you know, I was always getting, hell for still watching cartoons at that at that age you know why aren't you watching donahue you know that's I had a, yeah the kid at school would always get on my case about that um <laughs> donahue yeah what, yeah he's he, like you should was watch he more paid by was he getting yeah, paid no, by right? donahue or something yeah yeah he was so you know he would always try to make fun of me because i was watching gi joe after school and stuff and i'm like that's what i like man i don't know what to say you know yeah um he was pretty miserable, but anyways, uh, <laughs> <Clearly>. <laughs> but you know, but so anyways, that, but that show you're, you're, you're exactly right. Like it actually was for a high school people that had an experience of high school would have understood it more. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, but it, but like, but it was a cartoon, which like, again, like it wasn't maybe until like the Simpsons where in the United States, a cartoon that wasn't just for children actually yeah. even begin to creep into the, the national consciousness. Yeah, it, it definitely, that's probably a reason why it didn't, uh, it didn't continue on. It just couldn't find that right mix of, uh, of, uh, audience and ratings to, to, to keep it going. But, um, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was an amazing show. Like I have such, such good memories of watching yeah. that show. Um, yeah, just I love it so much. And yeah, and you said like, um, you know, not being for adults and stuff like that. Same. I mean, yeah, when you're a kid in the 80s, it's at a certain age, you're expected to not watch cartoons anymore. But why? They're so freaking cool. I love cartoons, you know, but you weren't allowed to watch them. But I can still remember 
the first time I watched uh, Robotech, a.k.a. Macross. Um, I guess it's probably called Macross now, but when we were kids, it was just called Robotech. It's still, and, uh, yeah, it's still both. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. Um, and I remember the very first time I saw an animated person getting killed. Uh, I think it was um, it was just a throwaway shot of a random Veritech pilot, and mm-hmm. I think he was in guardian mode. And then you see sort of from one side of the cabin, and you sort of looking through his canopy type of thing, and a yeah. battle pod comes up right next to him, blasts him, you know. So you mm-hmm. see the wow. character like ah, you know. But you're like he's dead, and that was the very first time I saw a freaking like somebody die in animation, and I saw that when I was probably about this age. So that really like hooked me for animate to keep watching animation way into my teens, 20s, 30s and now 40s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny watching those watching those uh commercials actually. <laughs> this is going to be funny. Like yeah. I, right like right out I was watching one of those commercials and I was like yeah, I never was really allowed to like Rainbow Bright, but uh, my sister <laughs> My sister used to watch that stuff, and I'd watch it with her. And I'm like, I really like Rainbow Bright. So I went online and started looking to see if I could find figures. <laughs> I used to have I used to have the bad guys, the two bad guys, the the green villain guy, and then his furry friend. Oh I yeah, had those yeah. two. And I remember when my friends would come over, I'd hide them because I was embarrassed. I, d- I didn't want them to know that yeah. I had these girl toys, quote unquote. And I remember I had, I had the strawberry shortcake villain too. I just yeah. liked the villains in those shows. And I remember always having to hide those things because I got called, you know, you can imagine what I got called if they found him. And it was like, that's such bullshit, man. You know, yeah. I hate it. Like, I, I trying to uh, help Bodie in that way as a, as a kid who's probably going to go through similar experiences. And hopefully he won't. Hopefully, uh, you know, he can he'll learn from my experience is like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if you like something you like something you know it's much better now than it it was for us that's for sure like again like i i I had like a little cover because it's like again my sister says she had her toys and i still got to like kind of like look at them at least (laughs) um she had like my little pony which is actually like they did the cartoon recently and it's like really popular with men yeah and um (laughs) Uh, you know, my, my little brother still got, was able to get toys. So I was aged out of the toys, but he still had like all these cool toys. So I still got to like, at least kind of like look at them and kind of play with them a little bit. But I was like in my teenage years. Um, but now, yeah, it's like, I, you know, I full circle. I just put up a display case with a bunch of like action figures that I've had forever. And it's like, yeah, just, it's, it's such, it's so amazing how, like the things that we love were so <laughs> they got suppressed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and now we embrace Forever. them. Yeah, they yeah, were totally bringing it back. Yeah, totally bringing it back. And, and for me, it was kind of like that with Shira. Like, I, you know, I always thought Shira was really cool. I thought yeah. she was hot, but also I really liked Hordak and all of her villains. I hated all of her allies, but I really mm. liked her villains. But I had no like siblings to watch it with, so that was something I kind of just. Watched on my own and never really talked about with anybody because you know yeah. you're not supposed to be watching Shira, but she has freaking cool villains, man. So what am I supposed to do? So well, you know, it's interesting you, the way the way they marketed those toys because they marketed the villains as He-Man toys. Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. And then and then Shira had her doll like the uh, Catra and all the uh, mm-hmm. like Bo and all, they were separate. They were mm. even made to look different, right? They, were, they were different scale, even? Yeah, yeah. They, somewhat, yeah, oh, wow. they were. 
it's really lame it's so lame um but but you know that's hopefully that's changing it seems like it is yeah and, that and, and people the... are still giving shit over he-man now it's like oh my god seriously one of the sexiest wrestlers in the wwe is this uh this chick who looks just like tila with her hair cut the certain way and she's the champ she's the mm-hmm. wwe i forget her name um uh, but she's she's Rhea ripley is her name okay and mm-hmm. she's dope dude like she's this jacked up tatted chick who's super hot in my opinion uh, but she looks like Tila with the haircut that way. That's and, uh, cool. You know, I'm like, yo, like diff- different strokes for different folks. I get that. First of all, I, I was, uh, you know, with family a-, a little while back from all over the country, little- from Florida to Texas to uh, St. Louis, and they're so different, you know. And I think because we are on the West Coast, maybe we just have a little bit more awareness and openness to this stuff. <laughs> yeah. And middle America and in the South, no offense, because there's beautiful people everywhere, but there is a lot of closed-mindedness and this yeah. like suppressed sexuality that uh, dudes need to just re- you know relax about. So, in 2021, let's reboot this shit and make it fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, you that's... can you can have a crush on Stormer on Jim, but also. <laughs> <laughs> but also like Rainbow Bright. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> Dan, Dan, that's isolate that sound clip. <laughs> and uh, I got to say, guys, um, you know, just talking, I, I think I probably pulled about four shows, uh, other cartoons that I would love for us to get to uh, at some point. Maybe we can do um, a whole block, like uh, go go by blocks on some of these things. Who knows? We'll figure it mm-hmm. out, but I would love to talk about The Littles at some point. I That was a show mm-hmm. that was near and dear to my heart. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm sure Great you guys can bring too. like rocking wrestling and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, there's no shortage of cartoon shows for TV Obscura, or live-action shows for that matter. As you all know, our next TV Obscura will be a live-action one, and uh, we haven't we haven't locked in the lineup for that one yet, so I'm not, I don't want to throw any uh, any titles out there. Um, but this was a blast, as always. I love doing TV Obscura with you guys, even if I did have to watch uh, all the shows this morning while on the can. So... <laughs> In, in utter agony. But well, you know it's not G-M-I. utter agony. <laughs> Diallo, <laughs> where can we find you out there? Well, I know you're you're hard at work on your uh, on your podcast and uh please tell us what's uh what's that all about. Yes, the first Noel Chronicles. It's a serialized uh fantasy novel that I'm releasing as chapters in a podcast. Um you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher spotify amazon music and as of this last week you can actually find it on audible which is really cool awesome um and uh i that's what i'm working on currently i still have a working on in the background working on some angela in the dark uh stuff and um Bodhi has inspired me to get started on a kid's book that I've had some some artwork done before. Um, so I'm going to get get cranking on that as well. So cool. that's what I'm doing right now. Um, nice. First, first Noel Chronicles and um, TBD for the other stuff. As nice. always, I'll put uh, links in, in the show notes for that. And uh, Zach, $2 lay fee. You guys are rocking and rolling over there. Yeah, we got... Uh, I'll do a little tease because we have a crossover episode coming up with Podcasting After Dark and $2 Late Fee. It's kind of a secret, 
It'll be revealed next. Uh, it'll be revealed soon, fairly soon, in a couple weeks. Um, but currently, we have an episode of Summer School and the title and the song Mind Over Matter. We talk about that song in from the movie. Following that is our interview with Richard Horvitz, speaking of animated actors, uh, voice actor of Invader Zim, mm-hmm. and Dean Cameron, who played Chainsaw. So Ikian and Chainsaw from Summer School. We're doing a little Summer School reunion episode. That's a great episode. movie. Yeah, so uh, that, that's, that's coming up with $2 late fee. And the crossover will be the following month for... Um, podcasting after dark and uh, two dollar late fee so look for that look for news to come <laughs> you guys have a very right. cool hashtag going on right now don't oh you? yeah we also have a yeah actually y'all can help us out with that hashtag get the goot ah. we obviously have uh, celebrity interviews on two dollar late fee as well and uh, we've been trying dustin is a huge i am too a huge fan of steve gutenberg oh, i think i think uh, we all are i don't know who is it who is who is it icon <laughs> Icon of the 80s, right? Yeah, yeah communists do. Uh, people who don't like cocoons. But um, he uh, he was resistant to doing any sort of interviews. He doesn't really do interviews uh, on shows and such. But he's active on social media, even if he doesn't really know how to use it. And so we are uh, actively trying to use the hashtag GetTheGoot, G-U-T-E, and um, get him on our show. Because we think he'd have a really great time. He seems like a, you know, would love to reminisce with that dude on his filmography and such. So get hashtag get the goot if get you goot. can share that. That would be great. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, D.L. for the shout. And, uh, Corey, what are you doing over at Cartwright? Cartwright? <laughs> yeah, buddy. You know, it's not all just cult movies all the time. I need my weekly dose of Seinfeld and also Curb Your Enthusiasm. So, yeah, you can hear me and our pal. Adam uh, talk about Seinfeld every single freaking episode it's a it is an after show so you know we break down and discuss an episode and uh, we are right now just wrapping up season six and so we will be starting season seven pretty soon so that means we've done more than 100 episodes wow. so Amazing. it's it's Amazing. wild <laughs> and my wife still hates that show so I never really watch it with her oh. <laughs> hate is such a strong word she probably be severely dislikes but that's okay too probably that's probably better yeah so and then uh and then on uh Cartwright's Patreon we are going through Curb Your Enthusiasm as well uh that is a show that I've actually never seen so this is the first time that I- I'm seeing it and it's nice to kind of see some connective tissue uh between Seinfeld and Curb, um, obviously being Larry David is that connective tissue, and also learning that George Costanza is not just like a carbon copy of, you know, Larry David, which I kind of always just assumed. So, and I also assumed uh, uh, in Curb that Larry David was always wrong, and he's always the weirdo, and I was like, huh, so far I'm learning that it's not always him that, that causes these problems, but uh, nine times out of ten, though, it is. So, <laughs> it's good. It's, it's fun. It's fun. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, we got um, some fun stuff stuff coming up with pad uh just a little quick announcement zach and i uh are gonna have really crazy uh july's and kind of going into early august um so we we might have not 
we might not have a, the same lineup of shows that we always do. I might need to insert, um, um, I think I'm going to have to insert uh, the Judgment Night episode that we recorded with uh, the boys at Talking Back, which is great. I've been sitting on it for emergency contact, uh, emergency great. content, and um, I know that I'm going to be in, in Maryland for two weeks at the end of July and into August uh, That's going to that's going to prevent me from recording, so I'm going to drop it during that time frame. But I think you guys are all going to love it. It's a great conversation with yeah. our pals over at Talking Back, Tim and Dean. Uh, we're very gracious enough to have us on the show and uh, and also gracious enough to let us you know, release the episode as well. So look for that to come, but also look for some great stuff to come. And also, this show officially concludes year two of podcasting after dark boom what that's crazy that's wild so diallo i'm glad you were here for that zach you've been here since the beginning i love you for that but yeah this is uh the official end of year two we have our official uh poster from dan parker doodles uh is his uh instagram handle at dan parker he did our year one poster and uh by the time you listen to this uh we'll be releasing the the year two poster this week and all kinds of fun stuff so and then we yeah. are pretty Pretty much moving right into year three. Um, the, where's the where's the after party? Uh, <laughs> it's it's right it's here. Be... This is it. <laughs> yeah. you're, oh. you're listening All to right. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, guys and gals, we love you all, and thank you for for getting us, you know, through our second year and everything. We appreciate the love and support as always. And as always, catch you on the flip side. Be sure to subscribe to Podcasting After Dark and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Support Podcasting After Dark on Patreon. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Podcasting After Dark. And visit us next time for another installment of Podcasting After Dark with Corey Stevenson and Zach Schaefer. Zach Schaefer.